0: That one, year number four, it's A Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out the episode This is the seventh episode in my previews for 2023, and in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Lockie Montague and Andrew Carter as we preview the Brisbane Lions for 2023. Now, this is a really unique chat because I struggled to find a podcast that wasn't necessarily being run by players or people involved with the club, so I... I visited one of the Brisbane Lions Facebook groups and posted a query hoping to find uh, some people who were interested in coming on to chat about the club. And these two gentlemen both reached out and I was thinking, do I want to talk to one of them individually or do I want to try to do both? And I mentioned to both of them that the other person was interested and they said, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, all three get together. So... These two gentlemen had not met one another in person. Uh, One lives in Queensland, the other in Victoria, but they both share one thing in common, and that is an absolute love for the Brisbane Lions. Now, don't forget, folks, if you are interested in getting your local footy club having a shout-out during an upcoming episode, be sure to drop me a note uh, at one of my socials um, by email, yankonthefooty at gmail.com. If you head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, there are links to all of my socials there. Um... At Yank Yank underscore on is my Twitter account, so you can find me there more often than probably the other ones there, because I'm I'm on that one quite a bit. Uh, I love being able to highlight the clubs, helps me learn the geography of the game, and uh, today's club of the episode is a unique one, because uh, one of my guests is actually one of the coaches of this club, and today's club of the episode is the Jindalee Jaguars. And the Jags were founded back in 1971, and they play their games at the Jags Oval and the JSS Oval. I'm not sure how they divide those games up, but that's what I was able to find over on their website. Now, this club has had some players move on and play the game professionally. Nat Grider and Gabby Collingwood, both of the Brisbane Lions AFLW side, and former Essendon VFLW player Jordan Zanchetta uh, all played with the Jags. Uh, In their formative years, as did Trevor Spencer, who played 44 games between Melbourne, Essendon, and Geelong in the late 80s and early 1990s. Now, just yesterday, the club announced that Michael Rutsch and Jamie Andrisky, and I hope I pronounced Jamie's name correct there, will serve as co head coaches for the under 17 and a half boys blue side for 2023. And my guest, Andrew Carter, is the head coach of the under 17 and a half girls club or girls' side for 2023, I wish the Jags the absolute best in 2023 and beyond. So without any further delay, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Andrew and Lockie. I think you're going to like this. These guys both absolutely love their club. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guests for our Brisbane preview are two Mad Lion supporters. And this is a rather unique... Uh, discussion because these two gentlemen have not met before. Uh and of course I've not met them either because I'm on the other side of the planet. But uh they both reached out to me on the one of the Brisbane uh message boards on uh social media and I am thrilled to welcome lockie Montague and Andrew John to the podcast. Gentlemen, thanks for getting up early this morning. Yeah, pleasure. You. This was a you bet. You bet. I'm absolutely thrilled to be chatting with both of you. Um <clears throat> and you know while I'll have you know a, I've got questions and such to toss out at you. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll kind of bounce back and forth and we'll, we'll go, we'll go with that and see, you know, see how, how far we get with things now. I, Andrew, I know that last night you said you were going to the inter-squad game. What'd, yeah. you, what'd you see and what impressed you?
1: Uh, it was, um, it was very impressive. I got blown away by the, uh, number one draft pick. Well, he ended up being number two was, uh, Will Ashcroft. Um, mm-hmm. So the lion, the father's son, um, comes came through Queensland, uh, then went to Victoria to study the last few years and followed his dad down there. Um, he was outstanding, absolutely brilliant. Okay. Played in the uh, played in the number one side. If you call me, they had the maroon side and a red team. Um, uh, he was just everywhere. He seems to have an extra set of eyes in the back of his head. He just seems to have this extra 360 peripheral. Uh, Sight around him um, <clears throat> was able to move from contest to contest so quickly. He was a standout. Um, also, Josh Dunkley uh, just teamed the time in perfectly within the midfield, our new mm-hmm. recruit for the Western Bulldogs. Um, disappointing not to see Lockie Neal out there for some reason. Didn't see him around it. Um, hopefully, he's okay. Um, but uh, Zorko, uh, big a bit of controversy around Zorco last year as act skipper, but he's mm-hmm. turned up super fit this year. Uh, trimmed down. There's a bit of a whisper around the uh, around the area that he's been uh, seeking extra uh, support from outside the the uh, club in terms of his fitness and health. And he certainly whatever he's whatever he's found, he's certainly um, looking fantastic. So he was running laps. Didn't play. Uh, Joey Danahurst sat out. Um a few people sat out, but overall it was a pretty hot contest. Um okay. and it was uh good to see. Yeah, I, firsthand.
0: Well I did see where uh Mitch Cleary tweeted uh earlier this morning my time where he said that embarrassment of riches forward of the ball for Brisbane when Cam Rainer is being used as a halfback, potentially preparing for life after Daniel Rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: that was um that caught a few people's attention. I sat with Dom Fay, who runs uh a big podcast over here called The Raw Deal, and that was the big thing. One of the biggest um, takes he took from the game was seeing Cam Rayner run off half back. Um, certainly has the body and size to mix it with some talls and mids, and certainly quick enough to deal with the uh, smaller forwards as well. So, not a bad option. And he,
2: he, um, he breaks tackles as well, Cam Rayner. He's so good at getting the ball and breaking the tackle. So. He he has great potential to give us run off half back. It's it's probably a good call.
0: Yeah, because because I think yeah. it's it's I think it's safe to say that if if there was a spot that could use some upgrade with Brisbane, it might be back in the, in the defensive structure there. You know, mm-hmm. there you could there's a couple spots that could use some you know improvements, if you will. Well, I
2: to... about Yeah, oh, I was just going to say you know, the the sad part of this is it means that. Daniel Rich, who is, you know, a stalwart, in my opinion, in an era where there's not been a lot of stalwarts.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It does yes. mean that, yeah, we're coming to the end of his career, and that's that's a very hard thing to sort of think about because he was, you know, like in some very dark seasons there, he was our one sort of good player, and you know, had had offers that we'll probably never know about from other clubs, and <laughs> just stayed at the Lions and um and just 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 stayed with us, you know, his loyalty. Just that he's shown throughout his whole career has been just phenomenal. I mean, you know, you you love that almost as much as you do the
0: player, if not more. Oh, that, well, you got to love that. You have to love that loyalty it's somebody who, you know, is willing to stay with your club for, you know, through thick and thin and, uh, mm. and just, you know, and embrace what it means to be, you know, a, a Brisbane lion for, for, for life, if you will. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's great to see that.
1: Yeah, I, I actually um remember visiting the Lions preseason training at Kooperu and seeing Daniel Rich for the first time run around there and just was out his approach to the game back then and the way he hit the his first couple of games in Lions colors were outstanding and uh he just didn't have the tank to maintain the midfield minutes. Um similar to Cam Rayner, I believe. He's probably yeah, uh, uh cam Rayner always had issues around his tank and his ability to run out games and there seems to be um you know it could be similarities between him and rich so maybe yeah on more thought it could be a really good spot for cam moving forward so yeah
0: well and let me ask you a, a quick question here and this is this is kind of a uh, this is a little bit off the beaten path and you can just you know laugh at it and say we'd rather not answer but uh are Brisbane supporters going to be um having created some unofficial t-shirts this year, um, recognizing Lockie Neal's second Brownlow with some sort of a nasty comment about the uh, the tribunal? Um <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll I'll answer that one. Okay. Time, I'll wear one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So little... how, you, how, you, how, you, how that can be overturned is, you know, the, the, game, the game obviously is changing and with what we're learning about brain injuries, you know, yeah. whether we like it or we don't, I think really what they're doing at the moment will ensure the longevity of the game. I mean, I, I grew right. up playing lacrosse um, over here and, you know, you look at sort of gridiron lacrosse, ice hockey, rugby, and you wonder really with what we're learning about CTE how these games are going to sort of last. With footy, you know, it is it is a bit of a shame to see the shirt front and the the hard sort of elements of the game fading a bit. But at the same time, it does mean that these players are, are going to have lives after their careers. Like, I mean, obviously with Marcus Adams, who played has played his heart out for us at this point. You know, I, I can honestly tell you... If he never plays a game of football again but recovers fully and lives a happy life, mm-hmm. I'll take that as a win. You know, it's it's the human being that we gotta worry about more than the player at the moment. And um so I guess I guess really, you know, sort of seeing that hit on on our player. And then what was more disappointing was to find out that he was copying racist messages as well, um, for nothing more than being knocked out. Yeah. That, that's 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 something that was really sort of disappointing, um, you know, with with what we're learning about brain injury. Right. So, right. and to have to have him sort of that overturned and then having win the ground though. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, you know, it's look, lucky nails, you know, a, a, a very in glory. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't taste good.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, Drew.
2: Yeah. Well, I
1: I actually well. The guy he knocked out, Cal chi is one of the Mm. most, I don't know, just is one of the greatest great humans around the club. And Mm -hmm. he represents Mm. his culture beautifully. Um, He's got a beautiful family. Um, Just to see him attack the ball the way it needs to be attacked and then to be taken out like that and then just to Mm. be basically ignored. And well said, Lockie, because... um, the racial stuff is really nasty still over here, yeah. Um, and we'll probably yeah, yeah. take another generation to wipe out. But, um, uh, Cal is one of my favorite, and yeah, it's really sad that to see he and that put his career at risk. You know, if he got knocked the similar sort of knock as Marcus got, you know, he could be the same mm. sort of situation.
0: And you yeah. touched on yeah. Marcus
1: back in, I'm a Bears fan, a Lions fan from way back, and one of the biggest um, disappointment was Justin Clark back in the day there was a um, <clears> a player just on the verge of really making it with our number one team our, um, back in the early 200s, 2000s and um, oh, a bit later actually a bit later than that and uh, came through with uh, Daniel Merritt and the likes and uh, Justin had the same issue and thank goodness he was a he's a high academic achiever. And so it's mm. still gone on and now is a Rhodes Scholar. And oh, wow. um, yeah. yeah. So he's now has still has a career ahead of him in terms of academia. So um he made the right choice in the end. But it was a similar sort of situation. It's unfortunately seems to be um, backman at different times, especially mm. in terms of Brisbane. Mm. So yeah, yeah, good luck yeah. to Marcus. I really hope he he has been great since coming up here. He's had so many injury issues, but He's worked through yeah. and always got back
2: into the team quite quickly once he's fit. Well, so, he kept yeah. us in the Essendon game. When when our playing list had, half of our playing list had COVID, he played yeah. effectively on one leg against Essendon and kept the game close. Uh, it's it, it was really gutsy, you know. Like, you know, you love the player, but as I said, if he never plays again. But, you know, he's successful in his life after, I think, every Brisbane supporter, Lions, Brisbane Bears, whatever,
0: would be really happy. Yeah. About that. Oh, I, I would. I would imagine. Yeah, that that makes complete sense. That that you would. You, you're looking for the, the well being of, of your your players. Um, you know, no matter, you know, no matter what. overall, that that's the most important thing. Yeah, you know, winning a game. Fine, mm-hmm. that's great. But you don't. You don't. You know. You don't. Uh, you don't want you don't to. No, yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. Because we had mm-hmm. we had here in the in the NFL. Uh, about. Four weeks ago, now we had a, a yeah. player player from the the team in Buffalo who collapsed and went into cardiac arrest uh, after making a tackle on the field and had to be had to be revived on the field.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, there's it was a similar incident in St Kilda. A player from St Kilda a few years ago just dropped all of a sudden on the field. Um, mm-hmm. Can't recall his name, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's. And the game stopped and he was I think he was able to get back and play a few more games, but he yeah. had issues from then on. So um so,
0: since we're talking yeah, about yeah. since we're that talking helps, about helps. since we're talking about bumps and that sort of thing right now, I, I, I would be remiss if we didn't mention the uh the one that happened last year that I thought was significantly less worthy of a suspension than the other one that we talked about that might've, you know, changed the outcome of the, of the Brownlow. And that one was with Mitch Robinson where he yeah. got, where he got bumped off for a game because, and I think it was against Xavier Dersma where he, you know, he had stopped and was basically standing still and Dersma ran into him and he yeah. got, he got penalized for it. I mean, that's one of those things, yeah. you know, yes, I, I, I get trying to protect the players. It makes complete sense. But if you're standing still, I Mean it, it's kind of like setting a you know setting a screen in basketball. I mean it's it it was almost yeah. like that. You know, yeah, I guess yeah. it, it was you know, he can't well,
2: he can't he well setting can't, a, you know, setting a screen that's 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 actually setting a screen or in lacrosse you call it a pick where you're not allowed to move, but you can physically block a player. Right, right. Got something like that, look, look they haven't got it right yet. And you know, it's it's very frustrating as a fan, but at least they're trying to get it right, and hopefully they do. But, yeah, look, setting a pick or something might be the way forward, you know, to have it sort of, you know, if you impact with a player that your feet are flat on the ground and your body isn't moving, then then that's acceptable. But if you do, you know, bump them and they get knocked out, then you're up for it, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the maybe that's the solution. I, who knows? Like, I mean... The, the best part of our game is high marking and that will that will never go thank God Ho- um, nah, go, touch the hard, wood
0: hopefully it doesn't
2: well, look it's they they take hard, hard like high marking out of the game and it's it, it'd just be just such a different spectacle it, it would really cost us I think oh you know, I that game, game I mean they agree with you like the, the, original, the original Indigenous game, I think they call it Marne Groot, that mm-hmm. was, um, was being played, that Tom Wills saw and, and basically sort of you know, edited a little bit to make footy. The, the thing that was most spectacular about watching Marne Groot played was the way they jump up to mark the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's sort of the one thing about our game that right throughout the history has been there. But after that that hard-body clash, I mean, you know, when we were winning the, the premiership 201, 202, 203, you know, it was, it was beautiful football where you could watch, you know, Acker, you know, getting the ball and sprinting and then kicking at 50 metres on the run off either, either foot for a goal. Mm-hmm. It, you know, beautiful football. But at the same time, you'd see guys like Michael Voss, the Scott brothers, taking hits, giving hits, and keeping on going. And that that was the other really great thing to watch about the Lions, that there was both. And you know, I guess the next thing from that is body clashes. So if they can work out a way to keep it sort of to hip and shoulders without concussions, fantastic. Otherwise, yeah, it might need to be
3: yeah.
2: sort of picked That's, and a little bit like basketball.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, just yeah, you have know, made me reflect on quite a
1: few things there. Lockie while well, that um just talking about the toughness of the Lions back in those days, it's actually came, I remember either Vossi or a few others were saying it was Geelong, thinking of you, Craig, back in the day that um, uh, it was Geelong that smashed just down at Kadindia Park, and it was just their big bodies. And I think the, from that from one of those games back in the early, late 90s, um, we just wanted the the team then developed this same sort of look as a big Geelong team back in the day. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, that that was just became an emphasis of our game through there. Once Lee Mm -hmm. Matthews arrived, especially Um, that just became a center of our focus. Um, Got a bit crazy there towards 2004, 2004, just thinking about Alistair Lynch as haymakers and all that sort of thing. Uh. But um, in the 2004 grand final, but And that was the only one grand final I've ever been to, actually. Uh, Flew down. Oh, no. Yeah. um, Missed the previous ones. Got to to see the prelim um, in Sydney the year before, but didn't get to the grand final. Um, But then 2004, went down with my best mate, Paul, and a few other friends and um, got there. And just, I've never watched the game ever again. I've never, ever gone and watched it. It was one of those days that, I just try to erase and every time I hear that <laughs> power song, it just gives me shivers up my spine. Yeah. So um, especially especially watching Mark Williams run down that thing and put in a scarf around his throat saying they're a bunch of chokers. But, um, yeah, we, were, we, were, we ran out of puff. And the AFL ripped us off that year too because yeah. they got, they got us traveling around everywhere, so I'm still not happy yeah. about that.
2: <laughs> no, if, if you hadn't said it, I was going to. They we we had done everything to justify a home final and they took us took it off us. Yeah, you know, there's a little conspiracy theory that the AFL was trying to protect Collingwood's full grand finals in a row record. And yeah. that little that little theory, whether it's true or not, it, <laughs> it certainly holds water, doesn't it?
1: Does, does, not so. Hopefully well, this year. Hopefully I will get down this year. Yeah.
2: Hopefully
0: well, this I, year is the year we'll get down there. As as a cat supporter, I'm probably not going to talk about home final games at all. I'm just going to go ahead and let that slide.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's actually oh,
0: a good example of oh, exactly no. the same thing.
2: Um,
0: yeah. it, it was, the, you know, the MCC. Look,
2: I'm an MCC member. I love the MCG, but I, I want to see fair competition. Um. I, I went to the preliminary final where Geelong um humiliated us with a mate of mine and the and the wife who's a Geelong supporter. Nobody's perfect. Um and <laughs> and, uh, and and I remember thinking to to all intents and purposes, Geelong had done everything that justified a home final. It should have been at Cardinia Park. And if the AFL is going to take a financial hit over it or something like that, then fairness fairness needs to be more important so yeah. it was it was exactly the same scenario look geelong were were good enough to go on with it and and well, and fair, fair play for the boot but it's still just it, it was a little reminder that i didn't like
0: yeah i had i actually had somebody who left a, actually just yesterday left a review for the, sh- the show um who because i had put out uh the most recent episode we were i was joking with the person who was talking about the 2010 grand final and you know talked about how there was some sort of a device that is attached to the uh the bus that uh richmond and collingwood travel in that that does not let them proceed southward on the m1 that they, yeah. they get you know, if they and i and i mentioned a couple little small town names between you know uh melbourne and geelong and said if they if the bus gets to that point it'll like stop and it has to turn around and go back get back northward um uh, so they because they were saying you know that that that, that you know that you'll have 90,000 people at the MCG and I, and I, I get it. I understand it, but it's always been the, that's been the one thing that, as an American fan looking at it from the outside that, that, you know, if, if you told, for example, giants, you know, the giants, if they finished, you know, in the, if, you know, in the playoff race, if they finished with a better record than the Cowboys, but the Cowboys (laughs) Cowboys had a slightly larger stadium and the NFL said giants, you're going to go play your home game. You're going to play your home (laughs) playoff game at Jerry world down in Dallas, that would not go over well, but you know, but I, I I get it. Philadelphia might be a better example because they're closer to one another than Dallas, but you know, but yeah, yeah, so i I understand it. It just, it's just one of those things that I'm, I've never been able to wrap my head around, but you know, so let's, let's get into talking about this year. Uh, So, um, you know, I, I I do want to know what your expectations are for this year, but I'm going to speculate that a, a, (laughs) A top-four finish is not going to be enough to satisfy your palate. What do you think, Lockie?
2: Uh, 100%. I think, really, from here, it's going to be at least a grand final appearance. I think when you when you look at the players that we have that are coming into the peaks of their careers, I'll name a couple, not all, Hipwood, Andrews, you know, they they form a, a central part of our spine, Gardner, obviously we've got Jared uh, Joyce coming through, not not in his prime, but he's he's going to be handy as well. But then we we keep going, Cam Rayner, and if he's providing run off the half back line, and that's going to give us something we we probably haven't had as much as you know, like obviously Rich Rich's left foot is one thing, but Cam Rayner can fill that void, breaking tackles coming in off the half half uh, back line. Uh, Charlie Cameron will get another great year out of it's impossible to think mm-hmm. not, and. I don't think anyone's going to have a a midfield in the competition that's within Cooey, Lockie Neal, Josh Dunkley, Zach Bailey, who's going to be a very good player to watch this year. He's got a lot of potential. Um, And really, I mean, if we look at those three plus, all of the other midfielders we've got who'd be, you know, very dominant midfielders at other clubs, that's that's a huge midfield that we're going to have that is going to win us a lot of matches. And, you know, I I would be surprised if, Lockie Neal, Josh Dunkley, and Zach Bailey don't all do very well in the in the brown low. The only thing we've got to worry is they'll probably take points off each other. Right, right. So, um, so yeah. So really, I, I want to see it in the grand final, ideally raising the cup. And I, okay. I, I really don't think there'd be an excuse not to at this point.
0: Okay. What do you think, Andrew? Uh lucky spot on. Um,
1: seriously, it it would. I was reminiscing yesterday, just thinking about what could be. Oh, well, not reminisce, but just uh, dreaming a little bit. And to see Daniel Rich, and we touched on him earlier, and the likes of Zorko. Um, you love him or hate him, Zorko, after the last couple of years. But I I, I love the guy. Um, I think he's been such a credit to this club. Um, he was rejected so many times as a early draft. Um, yeah. And... We grabbed him from the Gold Coast and he has become electric um, through the midfield. He, he's a real barometer for us when he's on and tackling and applying pressure and coursing, you know, getting the ball through the midfield. He's got real zip back in the day. Um, he's been carrying an Achilles for the last few years, um, but he's looking fit. I can't wait for him to hold the cup up with Daniel Rich by his side because uh, they, they've stuck true. And uh, thick and thin through the hard. Uh, We were down the bottom. uh, We were suffering. We were a basket case similar Mm -hmm. to an Essendon or something like that. But um, Zorko, to his credit, has gone through. And I think the young kids coming through. There's a couple of unsung kids that I spotted yesterday. Uh, Jimmy Tunstall from Western Australia. uh, Devin Robinson from Western Australia. Um, Devin came on board towards the end of last season and just as electric. And I'm so pleased he stayed. He could have been tempted to go and get a bigger contract over and with the Eagles and would have probably rocked into the Eagles team as one of their first pick midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a talent. So the, the talent coming through. The other kid that I think um, down the half-back line, that's probably lacking a bit of size, but is so dynamic, is Kitty Coleman. Um, yeah. So Kitty Coleman is is the, yeah, he, his ability to hit a target by foot is so, something that you don't see too often. Um, Daniel Rich's foot, but doesn't have the size and strength of a Daniel Rich. So, the complementing mm. with Cam Rainer down back with his size and strength may be the way to go the more and more we think about it. So, I'm one other
2: one other player as well, Brandon Stasvich in the mix yeah. as well.
1: Sorry, Sorry to interrupt you, mate. No, no, no. The, the, the young kids and Brandon which is a key, key as well. Um, yeah. I think their recruiting over the last five or six years has been absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah. So I think they've really got a real strong mix now of the uh, old heads, young heads, um, strong bodies. Um, hopefully Denneher, Hopefully, Denneher takes some marks. Charlie Cameron. Yeah, uh, there was an article. There was an article I shared with some friends the other day, and Charlie Cameron just doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, the last yeah. few years, he's been one of the highest, if not the highest, um, ranking goal kicking forwards, small, small forwards in the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but misses out on all Australian selection because there's a midfielder um, from one of the other teams that get pushed up to the forward line, so he gets pushed yeah. out. Um, that sort of thing. And but Charlie Cameron yesterday, um, his ability to sprint 30 metres at full pace and then kick a long goal was um, evident straight away. And then his ability to read off the pack. Um, there was one play yesterday where Jack Gunston, um, Dara, Dara Joyce did well against Gunston at different times, just talking about the young the young Irishman that's come in. Um <laughs> Front and center, Charlie collected it, snap, bang, all gone. So just his ability to do that sort of thing and stay in the game is amazing. The
2: other so thing I, I really love I'm, about Charlie.
1: I'm very, oh, sorry. I'm very I'm Craig. So yeah, sorry just to finish off. Craig, Craig I'm, I'm I'm very upbeat about this year. I think it's been a quite a few years of building. Mm-hmm. Um gone through some tough finals losses, um, learnt from those. Long was the big one last year, but they knocked over uh, Richmond and the likes prior out of that. So, oh, Melbourne, Melbourne and the MCG. That was a big win last year. Okay. Knocking okay. over Melbourne on the G uh, was a real big hoodoo that they overcome. So I really think they're primed and ready to go. Just touching on a bit of controversy with the club, Chris Fagan gets through this investigation, um, which has soured things towards the end of the last year. Um he looks well, actually. <laughs> he looks like he's been out in the, down the coast all, all summer because he's well tanned. And sun. looking grand, fantastic.
0: Okay.
1: So, um Yeah, I'm
2: really upbeat.
0: Thanks. Okay. Go ahead, Lockie. Oh, I was just going to
2: add with Charlie. Uh, something that he doesn't get a lot of kudos of is he's brilliant at getting a teammate into a game as well. You know, everyone talks about fancy goals, but... <laughs> If there's another player floating around, he's artistic in the way he can get the ball to them, and suddenly someone who's barely had a touch all day has just kicked a goal. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, like coming on here, one of the things, or, points I really wanted to make was that my, my favourite thing about Charlie is the team there, you know, the way
0: he can combine with people. So, yeah, that was just one thing about Charlie okay. that I, I just wanted to mention as well. So can I ask you this? Cause I don't know the answer to this, but how, how did the John Denver song become synonymous with Charlie Cameron?
1: <laughs>
2: it's got me stuff. Uh,
1: no, nah, not really. Got nothing really. I think okay. he's just, I think he's just a bit alternative. makes likes the different makes that he's, I think he's got links to the country. Uh, yeah. Uh, well,
0: that's fair. because yeah. West, West Virginia is just right next door to us. It's a, uh, it's about a four-hour drive south of us, and you'll be in West Virginia. So uh, it's just
1: one—it's just one of those songs everyone in the world gets up and starts singing to as well. It's just just a unique song.
0: That's so. true. Yeah, it is true. So, um, you know, looking at the—you uh, know—your first five games this year. You know, you start out with Port Adelaide, and you, I know you don't want to hear that song. Um, and uh, no, we won't try uh, to. Okay, and then you know you got Melbourne, the Bulldogs, Collingwood, and then the Ruse in the first five games. That's a you know on paper the Ruse should be definitely a win, but those first four games it's a bit of a gauntlet for for your side starting out the year. It, it's a it's a serious first month of the season, you know that's going to test you uh, and see where you're at. So what what are the signs that the two of you are going to be looking for for? Uh, success and what are the signs you to be looking for that are going to worry you? And go, why don't you go ahead and start, Lockie?
2: Um, yeah, yeah. Apart from Collingwood, on on paper we're a much stronger side based on last year than than all of those teams. And really, we well we went further, well as far as Collingwood, I suppose. Um, yeah. It's in order to in order to be a grand final contestant. You've got to be able to to win on the road, tough matches. So mm-hmm. you know it's we're, we're a football team. We've got a good playing list. You know if if you if you're going to win a
0: flag, you're going to beat teams. Let's beat some teams. It's fairly straightforward. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Sure.
2: Um,
1: the 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 tougher games to start with. Um, We've always started reasonably well. Um, but there's been a couple of opportunities, especially when COVID hit. and We had the opportunity of playing a lot more games up here in Brisbane uh, that we didn't probably take full advantage of things. So uh, away game, we played Port Adelaide first round last year up here. Um, that you touched on Mitch Robertson, that was that, was that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to mm-hmm. go away to Port Adelaide, I think we get them pretty early, which is good. Um, Collingwood would be a really good test. Um, I love Collingwood's Craig McRae, ex-Bears player, Lions player, has brought a real strong culture to that club. Um, So it'd be good to take on them early um, and then come up. That's always a fantastic game up here around Easter, so um, sell-out crowds. I I think if we see um, the midfield combining well, uh, (laughs) delivering the ball well up forward. Uh, I'm 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 a bit worried about the back line. if they really get that settled quite early. Uh, Darcy Gardner's a real barometer down there. Um, he he plays as a third tall. Hopefully he doesn't have to play as a, as a second tall. Um, if he can stay fit and healthy with his shoulders um, and plays on that third, you know the third best first third best uh, attacker forward um, and we shuts them down. We're, we'll be in a good position. So really. All in all, if they start well backline wise, and we're getting some good drive off the backline, um, I think we're in good shape for the rest of the season.
0: Okay. Okay. So, are there are there any things, are there are there things that concern you? Are there things that you? Yeah. You know, I guess you said you're you know you're worried about how the backline comes together. So I guess that that kind of fits the bill there as far as you know what concerns you might have. So, um, yeah. I think – Go L- ahead.
1: Losing, yeah, losing Dan McStay, um, you love him or hate him. Um, at different times, a lot of supporters weren't that keen on him. But um, the beauty of Dan is that he provided um, that utility process so he could flip between back and forward. And one of his best games in the Lions Colours last year uh, was at the Gabba uh, where he played in the rough predominantly when um, Big O went down early. Um so I, I think we're lacking that versatility, that athletic tool. Um, so that's a bit of a you know, Jack Dunstan's come in. that's certainly covered his Ford craft because um, Jack is such a talent a legend of Hawthorne. Um, but in terms of other parts of the game, other parts of the field, Dan provided a little bit more. So hopefully they find someone that can cover still. I, I don't I rate Darcy Fort. As a backup ruckman, yeah. I just wonder wonder whether he has the ability to play either end as well. So he's a bit of a unknown in terms of forward and back if needed. Um, great, great, great backup back, back ruck from the big O. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of – I'm just a little bit worried about that utility
2: tool. So. Um, my, I'd I'd hundred percent agree. Um, and as if to make Drew's point as well, uh, at one of our one of our key tools is his best is beautiful, but his worst is pretty worrying. In in Joe Danaher,
3: mm-hmm. where yeah.
2: you never you never really know what sort of a game he's going to play. And if if we're struggling for a, a toll tall in a game, there'll be a big question mark whether or not he's going to deliver. Right. Right. Um. I don't want to bag him. It's Joe. Joe is a very frustrating player at times because you want to see him do so well,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you, you want to see him succeed. You want to see him get great goals, get great marks, and then you see him shank something and smiling about it, and it's really frustrating. You know to see all that ability just not not always converting a good result as well.
0: Now you don't you don't find yourself reminding yourself going. He played for Essendon, didn't he? You <laughs>
2: well, one, of my, one of my closest yeah. friends is a, is a very keen Essendon supporter. Uh-huh. And every single time in every single game, it, it's <laughs> prolific. And Joey Danaher does something that you don't love about him. I got a text message from my mate. I'll give him a shout-out for him. Or will uh, shoot me a text message. Rubbing my nose in what's just happened, and I <laughs> really like this year for Joey to give me a reason to shoot a text message back yeah, to him saying, did you see that?"
0: There you that go. That would be nice. There you so, go. That's, that's good. good. Yeah, that would be good. So you know, That'd you, be talk, a nice you talked a little bit about you know Josh Dunkley coming in, which is a, a great addition to the side. But you know, Jack Gunston is no slouch either. You know, no. so, <laughs> how, how do you see how do you see him fitting into the side this year? I mean, this is a guy who's kicked a ton of goals in his career.
1: Well, he gives us that reliable goal kicker that we've been lacking for a, a reliable tool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, Dan McStay improved his goal kicking towards the end, but he was very unreliable early on. Um, Hipwood has his yip days, too. So, you yeah. know, Hippie kicked a great goal from the boundary yesterday. He does that spectacular stuff from the boundary, but then he can miss those set shots in front. And just so he made Jack Dunstan. Uh, if Jack Gunston gets a free kick in front of, uh, of one of 45 from 45 metres out, you know it's going to get 70%, 70% chance, uh, if not higher, he's going to kick it. Uh, okay. And it's those situations that we can rely on now. Okay. Um, so, you know, we get those we get those free kicks at times. And even Cam Rayner fell into this trap and Hugh McCluggage at different times. They, they are our forward goal kicking, um, we struggle with, especially set shots or something a bit mental, um, in between the ears that gets in their head and they struggle. So, um, Jack is a great addition there and I, I I'll give a call out, I'll give a shout out to my cousin, who's a mad keen Hawthorne supporter, Brett. He, uh, I, every year, I, last few years, I've been loving sending him, uh, photos of ex Hawthorne legends in Lions gear. So Luke Hodge and, uh, Grant Birchall <laughs> and, uh, and now Jack Gunston. So he he just loves it. And like our coach as well. So, yeah.
2: Sorry? And oh. our coach as well. That's yeah, true and, too. you, yes. yes. very cool, cool. Very kind
1: of <laughs> you. Oh, yeah. So, um, no, I think Jack's going to be fantastic. The way he moved yesterday, he was he was left out of one contact drill. So they're being conscious of the old fella. Um, he's, he's over 30 now. So um, same with Daniel Rich. But uh, once he got in the contest, he was hard at it. He didn't shirk it, so yeah, no, I think he's a great addition. I think he'd be great for Joe, actually. Um, a wise head up there for Joe will make a big difference too.
0: Okay, so, um, Locky, who do you and I'll I'll ask Locky. I'll ask you first, and then then Ru will, uh, Ru will ask you afterwards. But what player or players do you see pushing your way into the twenty two that are that are not typically there, or you would not have considered there back in in the, the previous season? Who do you see breaking through?
2: Uh, player for me is Jack Payne. He's okay. he, he's been he's been sort of there or thereabouts in defence when one of our tall defenders has been out. He's last year at times in disposal. He, he probably wasn't quite as strong as Darcy Gardner, um, Harris Andrews, or or obviously uh, Adam who we've spoken about, um, it, but. He also did some really good things. Like I think about that tackle that he did, where he ran down—I can't even remember the player—he just ran down a small forward who was taking a run for the goal spur, and he got into fingers for holding the ball. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got uh, Darren Joyce coming through as as a as a key defender. But if we have one of it, one of those defenders go down, or or if Joyce, you know, and you don't want to see it, you know, doesn't really get there straight away. Okay. Jack Payne's going to have a a hell of an opportunity to be able to really push into our best team and and possibly play some really good footing. Uh, we are we are a little bit worried about our tools in defense. Drew's point before was really solid. And he's a guy that if he can get it right with disposal, I think could offer a lot for our
0: team. Okay. How about you, Drew?
1: Yeah, yeah I totally agree with Lockie. Um Jack Payne's sort of gone under the radar. Uh, with a few players ahead of him, especially Marcus. But the the, the Marcus Adams loss uh, can be easily filled by Jack. Jack's got a great turn of speed, as Lockie touched on there. So he's going to be a big asset. He's a big boy. He's big and solid. Mm. <clears throat> I think he's lacking a bit of confidence in himself. He's he he wasn't a pure footballer. He's come through an athletics background, I believe. Uh, so he he's gonna he's been an academy player with the Lions for a long time. Um, okay. So yeah, big big big, big opportunity for Jack. So I'm, yeah, you're right. Spot on there, mate. In terms of my, um, and I was a bit disappointed he didn't play yesterday. There's a uh, freakish talent called Kai Lohman, uh, who he's a, a young kid that turned up last year and he actually got a run in the, in the first at our top side debuted pretty early last year, um, but then got an injury virtually, I think in the first game or second game he played and went straight out He he does some miraculous thing. He played reserves for us last year, played for about five or six games, and then got a got a look in uh, for the first. I can't remember which game he came into, but he has um, he has the ability to jump like Link McCarthy. So Link McCarthy's a great story for us. Love seeing Link run yeah. around. He um, he has a Link McCarthy type leap and does the electric. Um, sort of kicks forward go forward, to go, goal forward to center and uh can do some miraculous things. So I'm looking forward to Kai possibly breaking in. It's gonna be hard for him, but um he he's an electric talent coming through. And the other kid that just reminds me of Simon Black and I touched on him earlier on was Jimmy Tunstall. Uh, okay. The way he way he moves around the field um has a real Simon Black feel about him. He um, comes from Western Australia too, although someone was born in Mount Isa from way back. Something i randomly remember. Um, but, um, uh, yes, yeah, Jimmy Tunstall, watch that name? Jimmy Tunstall okay. and okay. Kyle Lohman are my two that I'd love to see break in and give us some X factor and some slickness on okay. the wings. Okay.
0: okay. So let me ask you, I've got basically two more questions before, well, maybe three before we, uh, Hop into a couple of trivia questions here about the Lions. Um, but what bold prediction do you have about the club this year? What is what what's a prediction that you want to make that maybe other people might not make that you're you're going out on a limb about?
1: Um, I'm writing Charlie Cameron. Charlie Cameron will kick the most number of goals. He'll win the um oh, what's the what's the award? I just on blank on the the Coleman. Yeah, the Coleman. So he'll win the Coleman, Charlie. Cameron. He'll okay. win. He'll 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 kick seventy goals, Charlie.
0: Now you yeah. know what that you know what that means. That means Lockie's getting a lot of uh, text messages from his buddy that's the Essendon supporter, which means Danaher's yeah. not kicking him. No, yeah. Danaher's
2: going to give him off to Charlie. Charlie's going to run a
1: havoc this year. I okay. He's
0: gonna yeah. Okay, so Lockie, what's your bold prediction, sir? Oh wow! Um, I wish I'd given more thought to this one. Um,
2: look, I, I don't think it's a bold prediction to expect a great season from Charlie Cameron. I, I just I love the way he plays. Um, look, really, my my bold prediction is we're going to win. That's that's my <laughs> that's my bold prediction. Um, okay, probably probably not even that bold. Given that's not that, that bold. We, that's, that's yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't that's know. That's a win, you know. <laughs> now we're getting bold. Um, yeah, third yeah, comment, but really, I mean, the players that we've got that we we know we've seen wonderful things from, but we haven't seen the best from Zach. Zach Bailey. Yeah, I, you know he's not. He's not underrated, but I think I don't think anyone, especially himself, I, I don't think anyone really realizes how good he is. I, I think back to that, you know, I think he was about 20 or 21, that kick after the siren a couple of years ago against Collingwood to win it. God, I love that. <laughs> and yeah. I remember he was interviewed I, I on the can't. camera afterwards and I remember just sitting there listening to him talk going, geez, he's just a kid. You know, he, yeah. he looks so much. He even looked younger than he was. And you're sort of thinking he's got so much to offer as a player and – he sort of it's a little bit under Locky Neal's shadow, which is, you know, I can't think of any players who who wouldn't be that aren't great to the game. That's right. so if he if he got up and won a Brownlow this year, I'd be delighted, but probably not survive. That's a
1: That's a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah well done. <clears> okay, <throat> <clears throat> Zach Bailey for the Brownlow. Good. There stuff. you go. There you go. I my my pick last year was Tuke Miller, so I got I got close. Yeah. I got close last year. Um, yeah, he did. So, the season has come to an end in 2023. Whatever week of the season that happens to be for the the Brisbane Lions, what does the headline? And I think that the big paper in town is the Courier Mail. Correct. <laughs> what what yeah. does the what does the headline in the Courier Mail say the day after the final Lions game of the year? Gundry. uh
1: it said, it says you beauty we want it so <laughs> um yeah the lines are back on top after 20 years so yeah
0: okay how about you like um, two words mighty lines yep. okay all right that works that works now uh is there a club that you see um sliding out of the eight or jumping into the eight this year and uh I'd, I'd like
1: to see gold coast um i think i think the gold coast will slip in um i'd like to see that i think they've been well coached now they've got a real good culture uh, led beautifully by the man you just spoke about tuke miller he he's there for the right reasons um has been con- you know They've brought players in. They've left. They've moved on. They've really settled. Big big story out of AFL yesterday was um, Noah Anderson. Noah Anderson. Uh, yep. Yeah, just signed a big contract with them. Now, like he's he's the same sort of kid. He he wants to just create create history for them. So Noah took, um, they got like one, one of our better well a really good player from Brisbane. Tom Barry's gone down there, and I think he's going to mm. do really well as well. So um, Isaac Rankin's moved on. I think they're moving away from those showy, you know, bits and pieces players. They just want hard nuts. They want people who just commit every game. Um, and I think they're building that. And Stewie Jewy's, um, I'm really pleased they stuck by Stewie. And uh, building there, so I'd love to see the the Suns come in a bit of Queensland bias, but uh, yeah, no, I, the Suns. I I don't
0: I don't disagree with you. I was telling Lockie off air before we started that that's actually the club that I think could make it into the eight this year that wasn't there. And I, although I do I do think that in many ways, I think as much as many teams, many supporters don't want to see it happen. I I think it's almost an in. in an inevitability that Carlton makes a jump in there as well this year coming up. And I might have just stolen Lockheed's Thunder there if that's who he was going to say. And I apologize for that.
2: Yeah, you did. You uh you know I had, had a whole um whole really intelligent thing that I can't no, 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 add <laughs> down. <laughs> um yeah, it would have been the only intelligent thing I had to say but um, the thing about Carlton is Michael Boss. You know, it's no secret his coaching stint at Brisbane was a disaster by his own admission to his credit. But he's gone back to grassroots footy. He's he's done his apprenticeship and he's come back. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's I wish I wish he wasn't coaching another club for God's sake because it's it's <laughs> but it's. You've got to respect someone who basically says, you know what, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not – I need to go back and learn. Mm -hmm. And then he did it and and now he's come back and and he's got – he had Carlton, I mean, they were literally one behind out of the finals. It was kind of hilarious that their biggest rival being Collingwood was the one thing that beat them by one point to knock them out of the the finals. (laughs) You had to laugh. Yes. But Uh – the they, they challenged. They challenged top four sides last year and yes, played some very patches of very good football, and it's it's hard not to see them coming into the top four and, yeah. and playing some really good footy. Yeah. And you know, look the the Crips incident aside, which is really you know less than a second, that was uh, a real pity. The the footy that they they otherwise played reminded me a lot of Voss when he was you know what I loved about Voss, which was steep ball, get ball, take a hit, get the ball out oh, look, he's now got a clean possession. So they, they play a very nice type of footy as well. So it would be good to see them succeed. And, you know, maybe if Crips could, you know, say something nice along the way um, about Calvin, that that might sort of, you know, redeem them a little bit as well.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, uh, I did the preview uh, about a week and a half ago with uh, Terry Degani, who does the Blue Abroad podcast and YouTube channel. And and he said something that, that I really hadn't dawned on me. And it it's this, it's kind of a scary proposition for 17 other clubs. He said last year was the first time that Harry Mackay and Kernow got to play together. Yeah. And look how look how good they were last year playing for the first time. Is good that one. is that going to improve? That, that that that's kind of a scary proposition for a lot of other clubs, realizing that those guys working together could get even better than they were last year. Yeah credit Craig just um but they, they've been in
1: a year together it's also given a year for other defensive coaches to work out their patterns more so that's you know, true it, too you know it, it, they have to then find another another pattern or some a difference as well <laughs> if they can't just play the same this is the dynamic thing about our game is it changes from year to year right uh, match game to game match to match depending on who you're playing against so you you identify the weaknesses and you go for your strengths even more. But you're, don't forget your strengths. So Charlie Kernow, I, I think he could be—I I think he could be right up there for the Coleman as well. But he, his ability um, is freakish, and Harry Harry McKay's hands are some of the best I've seen. So yeah. yeah, they've got the they've got the tools, but yeah, they've also there's going to be a lot of defensive coaches focusing on them, so they'll shut them yeah. down or attempt to shut them down. So yeah.
0: And, and maybe this year we'll find out whether or not there is actually for real two Mackay brothers since we've never actually seen the two of them <laughs> on the ground together at the same time. You know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's funny. We'll see. We'll see if that yeah. happens. So are you guys ready for a, uh, a few bris- trivia trivia questions here? I don't, I, uh, I don't think they're too terribly difficult, but some, some of them are kind of, I, I, some of them I kind of have some fun with, but, uh, Let's st- let's start off with an easy one here. These these four players, all of whom played at least twenty two games last year for the Lions, averaged twenty two or more disposals.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Lucky Neil. Mhm. Kuma McClaggage. Yep. Uh. Biley. Not Sorry, Bailey. What was that? Lock- not not Bailey. No. Um, uh, Jared Lyons. Yep. And come on, Lockie, help me with the fourth one. Oh uh, God, it's got
0: me stuck. We have spoken about him quite a bit this episode.
2: What Cam Rayner? Nah. Can't be. Can't be. It was uh, not. Uh, uh, it probably tells you a lot about how strong our midfield is. Well, what dish. if, what if, if, what if I told them you them. he was
0: not a midfielder? He's oh, nope. Daniel Rich. Oh, Daniel Rich. Daniel Rich. Yep. Half <laughs> oh, fast. Back. Yep. Oh, yep. yep. And he can't really gain a kilometer
2: of distance every game with his left foot as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's right. Well, and you know what? Let's let's go ahead and jump to the last question I had on the list, then, since uh, you guys just answered it before I asked it. There, this player led the club with an average of 558 meters gained per game in
3: 2022.
0: Yeah, yeah, Daniel yeah, right. Rich. Right. Rich, Rich. Yep, yeah, there you go. So we've already we've already answered that one. Then, okay. So these four players have played at least 250 games for the Brisbane Lions. Yep. Um this is this is basically just as the lions. I did go back and check it's just with the lions, yes. Uh Somebody uh, said Simon yeah. Black. Yes, Simon Black is one of them. Yeah, oh, Luke Power. Luke Power is number 2 on the list. Uh Marcus Astro. No, sir.
2: Oh. Uh, no, he played most of his career for the Bears. Oh, um yeah. but he but he did he did get way up there though he he was a 300 gamer I think um, I think he's yeah. uh, uh, did should Jonathan Brown get to 250
0: 256 yeah okay yes, and one more
2: the great man um uh it's gotta be Oh god this is
0: gonna kill me oh it's gonna be Jamie Rick thanks.
3: There
1: you go.
2: <laughs> yes. <this laughs> what, sorry, sorry this, you were saying it wasn't. This is, yeah. This is... Bit,
1: well, what's what's Dane Zorko on now?
0: What's Zorks on? Zorko is on, he is at 2.30 right now. Ah, okay. So yeah, well, he's then. 2 two thirty total. He's He's been with Brisbane his entire career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was yep. only so,
2: 20, 22 or 23 when he got in. So he's. Um... <laughs> But he, he was—he was rejected by a lot of clubs. Um, you know that's going well for them. Um, so he, <laughs> he sort of, yeah, he's sort of a little bit behind the. Um, you know, he probably missed the first five years of his career that he deserved to Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well um, right. done, I I love I love Good this this I love this statistic. Okay, this player who played twenty four games last year led the club with 10.21 percenters per game. Ooh, love 1%. 1%? One, one We've got too so many. 24 games. He played 24 games, played and he averaged po- one percenters per game. I, I would um, say Stasevich. Brandon Stasevich. Ooh, yeah Brandon I don't think he played enough games last year. Maybe he did, but uh, I can't yeah,
2: remember. he's got so many
0: one He does. Good pick. It is, um, it, I'm gonna it go is not him. I'm going to go Lockie Neal. Oh, also, also not correct. Harris Andrews. Harris.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that yes. makes sense. That makes yep. sense.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. A lot of lot of
2: lot of punches, smothers. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't
2: think he could get a one percenter every time he stands on the mark and does his silly little dance. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a half a percent, so he has to do it twice and it gets, it gets turned into a one percent. Then
2: that'll get him 10 every grant.
0: There you go. So, um, who was the oldest player to play a game with the Lions? He played 154, he, he played 154 games with the Lions after playing 32 games with the Bears, Lynchy. Else, Lynch. yes, it was. Yep. Too easy,
2: too easy. He Sorry. was my favorite player. He was my favorite player at Fitzroy before, the, before the, the merger. And then um and then obviously he was he played for us. So that was that was too
0: easy. Okay.
2: For well, the uh, Lynchy.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, my this- sister-in-law had a my sister-in-law had a crush on
1: Lynchy. Every time Lynchy walked past her, she'd crumble at the knees. So yeah. yeah
0: well I you know I well, she's not blind. Well I I tr- yeah. you know, I tr- I tried that you know my wife has not watched any footy yet she's she's just chosen not to watch any but she started following baseball closely because she thought you know certain baseball players were cute so I I I said okay you know what I'm I'm comfortable enough in our marriage that I went ahead and found a couple of news articles a few years ago where that there were a couple different clubs were off at their beach training where they were all in their budgie smugglers running around and one of them ha- one of them happened to be Hawthorne and there's J- there's Jager O'Meara training on the beach and and I'm comfortable enough yeah. to say he's a handsome man. Yeah. I sent those to her thinking maybe she'd want to watch some footy. Did not move um, the needle. Didn't move the needle at all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I could point something out
2: then. Um you're trying to get your wife to have a bird at the men who were on the other side of the world, rather than looking at the baseballers who are, you know, attractive in your own country, there's maybe something we said there. Got a call you on
0: it. Well, that's okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's okay. That's fair enough. Yep. All right. Three more. Three more questions here. We'll see how these go. Uh, this player who played 18 games had the lowest disposal efficiency percentage for the club last year at 58. Oh, and a half percent.
2: Mitch Robinson. No, sir. Uh,
0: please maybe me down. I 18 games. Is it correct? He, he played 18 <coughs> games. Yep. Uh, Jared Berry. Darcy Fort.
1: Darcy Fort. Wow. A
3: <laughs> very I mean, reliable though kind of straight. goal.
0: <clears throat> yeah, even though he could kick straight. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yep. It's probably our most reliable set shot of goal. And, a, <laughs> and another former cat. Yes, as you as you, mm-hmm. I, think, I think you have three of them now, including the the guy that turned me into a cat supporter. Oh, and yeah. who was that? Nakaya Cockatoo. Ah, who who can't get a game with you guys very often. So he uh, actually just uh, talking
1: about yesterday. He played in the Maroons team, so he's in the number one team yesterday. Uh, looked pretty good at half forward flank, actually. So yeah, good, good. Okay. <laughs>
0: That's great to hear. Okay. So, uh, yep. which cl- which club has defeated the Lions the most time as the Brisbane Lions? Which clubs defeated them the most times as the Brisbane Lions?
1: West Coast, I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: Richmond,
1: 25 times. Oh, God. Yeah. We, we had bogey team West Coast for a long time.
0: Okay. Yeah. We never
2: get West Coast. But uh,
0: yeah, Why Richmond do? recently. Yeah.
2: Lynch, he never travelled, but back when I was playing, he never travelled to, yeah. to the west coast. So we never really got our best best team in our heyday on the park over there. That, yeah. that was a bit of a a factor there. Yeah.
0: A okay. So who who have the Lions defeated the most times? There's three different clubs. They've defeated them 21 times. I'll give you Hawthorne. credit if you get one of them. So you got three out of 18. You got a one in six. Oh yeah, you got better than a one in six chance because they didn't beat uh, themselves. Hawthorne's got to be <laughs> Hawthorne. And, <laughs> uh, you are in the right community though uh, we've always
1: done well against uh port adelaide nope the bulldogs oh.
0: the, the bulldogs the blues and the magpies all 21 times a piece
1: well, we probably played them the most so yeah, yeah. fair enough
0: yep all right and and it it's nice to beat them. yes absolutely absolutely, absolutely. so Last last trivia question for you, you know, as we know, Charlie Charlie Cameron kicked 54 goals last year. What three players kicked at least 35 goals for the club?
1: Uh, we had...
0: Did, did Joey get there? Uh, Joe Danaher, uh, he did. He did, 39. Yeah. Oh, okay. 39, yep. yep. Uh, Zach Bailey. 37.
1: Jeez. God, he's good. And, um... Uh, oh, Lincoln th-
2: McCarthy.
0: That's Please. the third one. Yeah. Yep, 35 for Lincoln McCarthy. Yes, yes. Yeah,
2: exactly. Jeez, he has been good for us.
0: He oh has. It's he and has. He, he's a
2: good story. It's nice to see him sort of be able to like all that talent that he really only got for one year at Geelong. Right, great. Right, um, yeah. when, when I was actually at the Geelong game last year, there were um, I, it was it was actually a really friendly environment, even though I was stupidly outnumbered. And um, there was this one, one guy about my age sitting behind me who actually said he really enjoyed seeing Link McCarthy be able to have a good career. You know, oh, he yeah. just said, oh, look, you know, we could never get him on the park. It's really good that you guys did, which, you know, when the game's in the balance, this was in the third quarter, he said that to me. That's, yeah. that's a very nice thing for, you know, an opposing supporter to play.
0: Absolutely. To save Yeah, not yeah. absolutely. Well, gentlemen... I appreciate you taking time out of your mornings. Were you questioning the gentleman comment? Was that it? No, yeah. it's just oh. uh,
1: questioning our ability to for the trivia. We were oh, well, st- know, struggling you, there.
0: You did okay though. You you redeemed yourself on a few of them, though. I mean, yeah, of yeah. course, you yeah, know it was a, it was a rather Daniel Rich heavy, um,
3: <laughs> you know,
0: trivia piece there, but. Uh, Guys, I want to thank you a bunch. You know, I wish you the, the all the best, you know, of course, except for the week when they're playing the Cats. I, I hope they have a successful year. I love watching Brisbane play. Um, it's, yeah. it's it's a fun side to watch play because I think they do a lot of things very, very well. And and I I think a lot of clubs would be very, very cool. thrilled to have, uh, you know, your senior coach as well in in their coach's yeah. box. I think a lot of clubs would love to, to make that swap with them if, if at all possible. But, uh, yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap up?
1: I
3: um,
0: uh,
1: just so, uh, go, uh, I sorry, mate. Yeah, just I think you're spot on there. I think the the coach has set the tone as soon as he came in. I think a wise head in Brisbane or a mature wise head in Brisbane around our culture, uh, around our footy club up here in a state that's still developing um, mm-hmm. in terms of footy. Um, I'm a I'm a local coach and I coach a girls' team at Jindalee Jags just to call out for Jindalee. So the west side of Brisbane, um, it, it's the the football in in Queensland has been around for a long, long time, like just as long as it's been in Victoria. But it it got washed or diluted by rugby league up here. Um, so, but to have a wise head like Chris Fagan, who knows the game inside and out. You know, similar to Lee Matthews, I think that's the recipe for us moving forward in terms of coaches. We've got to have that sort of uh, knowledge and culture um, okay. because we just don't okay. we don't have it here up in Brisbane, <clears throat> um, even though it has been played for a long time up here. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's a great game up here. We love it. There's so many people out the west side of Brisbane that are really developing an interest in it. It's out this way that the new club facilities are out of Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um and they are just said to be the best in the world, um, the way yeah. they've they put them together. So the winning culture that develops from that sort of environment and with the facilities they have, I think is setting us up uh for a long-term success. And that's what we want. We want to be like Geelong. We want to be like the Hawthorne, although they're going through a big real build, rebuild at the moment. We want to develop that long-term history and success and Geelong's the really barometer around that I, I absolutely totally admire the administration people within uh, Geelong and the way they've maintained their club and recruiting for such a long time so it's,
0: it seems, you're, like, you're that's, on it the seems right. like that's been the you're case you're on yeah. the right you're on the right train there Craig in well, I, terms I, of that club, I, so. I think so it's but it, it yeah. but I've, I've run into some you know fantastic supporters of every club I mean it's been it's been wonderful how people have embraced me, you know, and, and not, you know, said, Hey, go away, American. You know, we don't want to talk to you. I've had that happen a couple no. times, but it, but the overwhelming, far overwhelming majority of people have been very, very supportive and, you know, very kind to me and that sort of thing. And I can't, I thank them enough. Yeah, oh, no,
2: it's a no that. brainer. We love, yeah. we love our game. We love anyone who loves our game. And <laughs> it's, you know, if you, if you want to sort of, you know, introduce or well, the hoodie been introduced to America generations ago, but if you want to sort of further our game in another country, you know, it's that's that's a wonderful thing. It's it's an absolute no-brainer. To, you know, all this young wants to follow the hoodie. Good on him.
0: Yeah, there's yeah, it's, that's so, yeah, you know, that's what there's a few of us that are doing podcasts from here in the U.S. and that's kind of what we're all pushing to do is to try to you know, help gain some traction and recognition with the, uh, with the game here in, in this country, because it's a, I think it's the greatest game on the planet. You know, a lot of people would say, you know, soccer or the NFL, that sort of thing. But I, I think footy hands down is above it just because of all the different aspects and components of the game. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all
1: very excited about our future up here and, um, just pay credit to our past and in, hit in, in terms of Fitzroy. Um, mm-hmm. I and Bears, um, just a lot of people linked to their club through that has always made me feel excited that we have those strong connections to people in Melbourne and uh, people in Brisbane who followed the Bears right from the go, word go, which was one myself, but I've certainly adopted uh, the Lions focus and loved the culture moving forward and uh, I think we're very well led Um uh swanny does a great job in the admin fags does a great job there danny daly's awesome so yeah we're we're in a we set ourselves up for long-term success and i'm excited Terrific.
0: thanks great well thank you gentlemen i hope you have a fantastic weekend <laughs> yeah
1: yeah cheers bring on the footy happy what's the countdown 45 days or something Some, so, yeah. something
0: like that i yeah. i got i have to get editing then because i've got about i've got about <laughs> 10 episodes that are 10 episodes recorded that need to be getting edited so Yep. Yeah, well, right. Cheers, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks a lot, Craig. Cheers, mate. You bet. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to sit down and chat with me. This was a lot of fun. You know, As I think we discussed during our conversation, when I was deciding on which club to support, when I first started following the game about six or seven years ago, I had narrowed it down to two sides, and one of them is the Geelong Cats that I do support now, and the other one was the Brisbane Lions and as i mentioned you know in several other podcasts and i think in this one as well because i'm going to go back through and edit after i do the intro i believe i mentioned that the player that pushed me into the cats camp is now a member of the brisbane lions well and unfortunately as i said during a, an earlier episode he's on the list but it's he's going to struggle to get games there unfortunately and this is nikaya kakatu who i think is a talented player but has just had so many injury issues he's healthy now but Brisbane is a very good side and he's going to have to force his way into that side to get games. So I, I certainly hope to see him out there this year but you know, being a realist, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So I don't wish anybody ill will or injury or that sort of thing for, in order for him to play, but I do hope that he does find himself out there a little bit this year. Now, ladies and gents, remember that you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website footy.com. You can get on the mailing list so when new episodes come out, like the other nine that are going to be coming out uh, for the preview episodes. Uh, Those will be in your inbox about 45 seconds after they are published. Uh, If you enjoy the podcast, you can head over there. You can click on the review button and leave me a review on my website, or it'll take you over to Apple Podcasts or to Spotify, so you can leave a review there. If you're enjoying the show, I do hope you'll take a few minutes and tell other people about it, either by sharing the show with your friends who love footy, or by leaving a review, that would be a huge help. Um, I know lots, lots of you and everybody. I guess I should say, are busy people. So leaving a review for a podcast is not always something that people do. I get them every once in a while, but if you really love it, that'd be great if you wanted to help out there. And also, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, help keep the podcast up and running and help keep the lights on, so to speak, you can click on that "Buy Me a Coffee" button in the bottom left-hand corner and. Uh, all that money goes towards the operational cost of the podcast. It's not going in my retirement fund or anything of that nature. Uh, just trying to keep this one up and running. And uh, any little bit helps if you choose to do that. Also, if you want to pick up any gear for the podcast, a T-shirt, stickers. I had a couple of my students last year that bought water bottles. I told them in class loudly so their classmates heard about it. Please don't buy these because I didn't want their parents thinking that I'd pressured them to buy them. But they did buy them nonetheless. And they looked actually, actually look very, very nice. Nice and sturdy. Uh, but again, I'm not saying you have to do that at all. But if you have an idea for a guest for a podcast episode, or maybe you would be a great guest, drop me a note. Send me a note over on my website. Hit me up on one of my socials. Uh, once the season wraps up again this year, I'm going to go back and do what I did during this past offseason. And do some of these episodes on what I was calling my most memorable game where I was talking to people about the game that is going to be the one they remember for the rest of their days, the one that they are just never going to be able to get out of their mind. And I did about eight or ten of those during the offseason, including my own episode, which is the one that pushed me into the Cats camp. So hopefully you'll check those out. Folks, I do hope that you look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Give them a call. If you need help, uh, I've got the Beyond Blue numbers in my show notes. I have the numbers here in the United States as well, in my show notes as well. If you need to talk to somebody, please reach out to them. But let your friends know you love them. Let them know you care. Go out for that coffee. Go out for that beer if that's what you do. Head over to Bunnings and get a snag on the weekends. I think that's when they do those. Um, I appreciate the kind words from all of you. I I really, really do. Uh, I've heard so many wonderful things. I don't mind hearing that. It makes me Makes me feel really good that that maybe I have started to find a place uh, in the in the realm of uh, footy podcasts, and of course I'm closing in on 300 episodes, so I guess I I have a place whether people are listening or not because I keep doing the episodes. But the last few days have been amongst the best days I have ever had for the podcast, and I can't thank you listeners enough for that. I truly appreciate it. I love getting your feedback. I love hearing from you. It's wonderful to to know that you appreciate what I'm doing. Um, And again, I'm a one-man show. I'm not sending my editing out to anybody else or anything of that nature. It's just me doing everything. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 232 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on, on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me, uh, just look for my name, Craig Wessels, on either LinkedIn or on Facebook or a Yank on the Footy podcast over on Facebook or a Yank on the Footy on Instagram. Give me a follow, give me a shout out, Let you know, let me know you're listening, where you're from, that sort of thing. Would truly, truly appreciate it. And again, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, goodbye.